0: Hey everybody, this is Kim Blackwell
1: and Lewis Extravaganza
0: and this is Work Work. the Podcast.
1: Voices for the voices that go unheard. And what we want to talk about today is what Kim?
0: We want to talk about the people, the places, the things that put the pop in pop culture, the people yes. out here working it, yes. the foundation of the things that help people to work, honey.
1: Yes. Ew. That being said, which I think is amazing, we want to actually talk about the history of Vogue.
0: Yes, let's talk about the history of Vogue.
1: Vogue is having such a resurgence nowadays yes. with Pose and the whole ballroom culture which is great, but I wonder if a lot of people know where even voguing came from.
0: Yeah, because there's probably a whole generation of people who are seeing this next, this latest wave. Yes,
1: this latest wave. I I, I love that concept because it's really about the millennials and this generation being exposed to a level of voguing that is a little bit fat, you know, fast.
0: Yes. Yes. You know, these kids, they're going to take everything and make it like, let's make it faster. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I think voguing is very fast in conceptually. I think when it started back in the sixties, it was much, much slower.
0: Okay. So we have to put into context a little bit for the folks y'all should know, but for those folks who don't know, Lewis X is, A world-renowned voguing teacher.
1: Not a world-renowned. Well, Well, you have vogued all over the world
0: (laughs) on tour with Madonna. Yes. And prior to that, Lewis is a member of the House of Extravaganza, which is known for its fantastic voguing um, from the ballroom scene. Yes. Competing, winning many trophies.
1: Many, many, Many many, many
0: trophies. Okay, so let's talk about when, what was your introduction to voguing? Like, when did you first discover Vogue?
1: I was introduced to vogue early high school. I went to high school way back when. <laughs> and um, it was just, God, I met Jose in high school. I was a sophomore. He was a freshman. And we just started hanging out with... Um, the, some of the other guys that were in the dance department were also in houses. We didn't know that at the time, but they were. So we were just hanging out with them, and they introduced us to the ball culture slowly.
0: So and you guys were... You had a dance department at your high school.
1: Yes, I went to the high school Amazing. performing arts. Oh, yeah. hello. Yes, we were in the dance department. And That's the so, fame high school, y'all. <laughs> and so we... Innocently enough, we're just playing Red Light Green Light Vogue. Red Light Green Light Vogue is like. John, like. Red Light Green Light. You know, the regular Red Light Green Light. What is. Is that the name? Yes. That's, that's yeah. what it's called? Yes. Red Light Green Light 1, the, 2, 3? The
0: game, yes.
1: <laughs> Instead of Red Light Green Light 1, 2, 3, we played Red Light Green Light Vogue. And so the person would turn around, he would do the thing, and we would pose. And whatever pose that he liked, He would pull you forward. Okay. If he didn't like your pose, you stayed behind.
0: (laughs) And this is just amongst you guys in the dance department. Just
1: after school, right? All over Lincoln Center. Okay. Doing these things, and then you know we slowly got into the ballroom culture through these wonderful gentlemen, and then we started you know walking balls. My first categories were, you know ironically enough, was not Vogue. It was um, another carigo- category.
0: Are you going to tell us what the category? Don't be trying to just <laughs> skate over the category. I like how you. he was just like, another category.
1: It was Butch Queen first time in drag.
0: Oh. Yes. <laughs>
1: I think they asked me to do that because they saw that I wore a cheerleader costume to school on Halloween one year and they were like, Oh. You should do drag. So
0: that's how it all began.
1: That's how it all began. We started uh, voguing and we just started rehearsing like after school and just, I mean, we were into it. We were dancers anyway, so we were into it and we saw these other guys doing their thing. So we try to, of course, you know, emulate that through our form of dance. And so we started to mesh the two together So at that point, voguing was going at this pace. And we actually took it to the next level, adding dance. So it, you know, accelerated the pace of Vogue. Because in the beginning, they were honestly doing poses.
0: It was more just like stop, pose. It was stop,
1: pose, voguing. Because in the beginning, these balls were really more for the transgender community, the people who, you know, women and guys who got up in drag. So it was more of a pageant, right? Back then it was like, who could be the prettiest show girl or who could look like a businesswoman during the day? Yes. And then there was a category called Vogue who can pose like you're in the pages of Vogue magazine. Yes. So those Voguing sessions back then were just literally stop
0: and pose. So when you came, when you guys came on the scene and you kind of changed it, was it welcome? Was it, were people like, eh, okay, you trying to change up? It was welcome
1: only because when we got on the scene, it was already accelerating faster than the stop pose voguing.
0: This was already changing. And what, it was already changing. This was like the late 80s, early 90s.
1: This was, yes very very early 90s late 80s okay honestly
0: and was voguing more specific to certain houses that would vogue or was it
1: well back then the houses were mainly Afri- african american houses right there weren't a lot of latinos voguing or in the ballroom cl- in the ballroom culture
0: was extravaganza house at that point yes Okay.
1: The, the extravagances were a house at that point and they were working hard to be noticed accepted yes within our community and not because they were ugly or untalented or anything it was just because you know it's like a click right yeah so if there's a whole you know if there's a whole bunch of houses that you know click up together they're gonna vote for each other so we didn't really when when they came in they were their own clique so it was like oh look at this other clique coming up and up up in her <laughs>
0: right <laughs> of course
1: so we had to be more creative more pow with our with our stuff yes to get noticed and so I'm glad to, I mean of course it has changed that outlook has changed and these days there are Japanese houses, there are Caucasian houses and stuff like that. So it's great. But back then it was a little bit more specific, which is not a bad thing. Right. But that's just how it was. Yes. Yeah. So when we came in, Voguing was already an art form that was not stop in vogue or stop in pose. They were connecting the poses to make one continuous dance movement or one continuous you know pose phrase right yeah so it and was then a- when evolving. we came in yeah so we yeah. were it, it already was evolving when we came in we added this technical dance element to it so we brought in our ballet training we brought in our modern training our flamenco training our tap training our jazz training into vogue which then added another facet another layer to, you know, to the voguing consciousness.
0: Right. Do we even know, do we know who created voguing? Like where who, did I don't vogue? don't know
1: who created voguing. I mean, the names that come to mind is Dorian Corey, Peppa LaBeja, Paris Dupree.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, for me, those were the people that really pioneered the movement of ballroom culture, i.e. vogue when i came in those were the mentors those were the hierarchy of the ballroom scene for me for them it was crystal labeja there's a movie guys if you haven't seen this movie you have to see it it's called the queen have yes, you seen that movie yes
0: black and white right it's so yeah you have to it's a must yeah yeah
1: it's an interesting insight on how the ballroom culture was really blossoming yes and really coming out from the shadows of the underground because it was really underground, right? It was really, really underground. And back then, you know, they did it in secret. You know, back then it really yes, wasn't because you could
0: be arrested. You could yes. be, yeah.
1: So it wasn't accepted. It really wasn't mainstream.
0: Yes, and then so it seemed like it slowly started to kind of seep out into the public consciousness. I mean, there was a few tracks, The House Heads Know, um, I think Elements of Vogue yes. was at first. Yes. Where were
1: you when you first heard Elements of Vogue?
0: Well, you know, I was over here on the West Coast, boo. Like, you were? Yes, you guys were. Killed. Yeah, I was late. I was in my little high school in Torrance. I didn't I know nothing so about house right music. I didn't know nothing about voguing. It was all very... Um, you know, I got I got hip a little late. I would say late, because but I think the first time I went to New York, I was really twenty one. No, yeah,
1: my god! Every time, I, every time I think of you, Kim, I only think of us in New York at the Sound Factory.
0: Yeah, I was there. A lot. So
1: that way, I, so. <laughs> And if you don't know about the Sound Factory, look it up. We'll
0: be talking about the Sound Factory in future episodes. We will be talking
1: about the Sound Factory <laughs> because it was a moment. Yeah, it really was. It really was a moment. But I mean, honestly, when I think of you and when, didn't I even meet you in New York first time? Yeah.
0: You were still living in New York. Yeah. Yes.
1: So that's why I equate you and your vibration and your consciousness to New York because that's where I first met you.
0: No, and I, every time I would meet someone here, like, are you from New York? No you go- what? <laughs> what? No, never I've never been.
1: Kim is a New York kind of girl. I think her soul is very East Coast, very street level. And I'm not when I say street level, that does not mean, <laughs> She ghetto.
0: (laughs) I've been on the street. It's okay.
1: She, I, it means, you know, hip, very at the, at the current vibe, you know, street, you know, street, you know, street Street savvy,
0: you know, yes.
1: I'm telling you, this is Kim. (laughs) And so there I, there I go equating you with that New York vibration, that time when we were going out to the clubs and, you know, doing what we were doing and dancing all night long and just having a a good old time. And it, to me, it feels very, in, you know, innocent. Like, we were having good old-fashioned fun. Like, Absolutely. we weren't hurting nobody. Yes. We weren't trying to, you know, there wasn't no agenda. You know, we were going out for this purpose.
0: No. And you went to... Dance. I mean, even as a girl, you you would see girls in overalls, or you weren't trying to be cute in the, you went there to get your dance on. You were going to sweat. Yeah. Right. Yes. That was the purpose. And there was no, I mean, of course, people brought in their little extracurricular whatever, but there was no alcohol at the Sound Factory. No, there wasn't. They deserve alcohol. So it opened at 3 a.m., I think, right? (laughs) Yeah. So you would be, which sounds crazy. I'm sure people are like, what? But you could have, you know, you could sleep. You take your disco nap, you wake up at midnight and go dance to
1: the Sound Factory. Unless you were hardcore and went to the Roxy before and then went to the Sound
0: Factory. I won't go when mention she- that, but yes. <laughs> I was going to play it off like I was asleep. But... Yeah, we did that a couple of times. Yeah, but that's been 21. Mention, yeah, I won't mention how many times, but that's none of all business. Stay, stay out my business. <laughs> right? Yeah.
1: But we did that a couple of times. Yes, and we actually, did. And actually, we walked from the Roxy, which was on 18th Street, right?
0: Yes. 17?
1: Around there. Yep. All the way up to the Sound Factory, which was like on Twenty Sixth Street, right? Yes. So it wasn't around the corner. It was a hike. And we did not cab. We walked.
0: We
1: We strutted up. Yes. Was it 10th Avenue?
0: I think 10th Avenue was on the west side. Yeah. It was definitely on the west side. Yeah.
1: And we strutted up that avenue to Sound Factory, thinking like who we was. Uh, You know,
0: that's being young, though. (laughs) Can you imagine somebody saying to you, oh, we're going to go to a club at three in the morning? Feel like, uh, <laughs> yeah.
1: I can't imagine that now. No, I really can't imagine that now. But it was no. the, the norm back then. No. Yes.
0: <laughs> it's the norm. It was a must. It was like, I'll see you Saturday. Yes, of course. Oh, my God, those yes. memories. Those Fantastic. Memories. So, so, Elements y'all. of Vogue. Elements of Vogue. Which was a song by... Was it David Extravaganza?
1: It was by Ian and Danny Extravaganza. Danny
0: Extravaganza. Okay. And was that a big club record at the time when it came out in New York was this like I mean it must have been major
1: it was major because it was the era of big clubs yes yeah so if your song was hitting it in one of these big clubs we thought like wow yes with those
0: amazing is... sound systems exactly. yeah
1: so we were really proud that David and Ian really had just the creativity to get something together like yeah. that and I even think they had two songs. One was Elements and vo- Elements of Vogue and the other one was Uh Live the Life You You Love.
0: Okay. And then after and also just of this recognition of this art form that you guys, you know, really created and evolved to be this thing that's still I mean, it's amazing that it's still to this day, people are voguing. Still it's changing, it's evolving. They're like expanding but around that time also I think right around the same time of Elements of Vogue was Deep in Vogue Malcolm McLaren where he name checked you know all the houses and you know that song still that whole
1: that whole beginning yeah to the houses of New La Beja an extravaganza Manessique Celeron Classic, yeah. It was such a classic. YouTube, it, yeah, and YouTube it crossed it, over. Y'all. It was yes. the first song to really break into mainstream, right? Because until then, you know, the elements of Vogue was really confined to more underground. Yeah, the underground house scene. I mean, if you went to the club and you you heard it, you knew it. But if you right. were, you know. Joe Schmo, you know, going to work, you would have not heard it. Right. Deep in Vogue was really the first song to really break out from that and really make it main, you know, mainstream.
0: Yes. And it's which, part of this beautiful album by Malcolm McLaren. Yeah. Which he does all these. Which was really
1: underrated yeah if you really ask me yeah i mean the whole album is really really beautiful but that song really put a mark and really took that whole underground scene to the next level and really made it more mainstream and
0: he captured it that whole feeling yes you know
1: so which brings us to which was a gift and a curse because hooray that it went mainstream yes for us, it was like, oh, this was, our, you know, like this was ours and it was so cherished and now everybody gets to hear, you know, everybody gets to hear it. Yes. So it was bitter, bittersweet, but.
0: Which know. brings us to, <clears throat> speaking of mainstream. Oh. Uh-huh. A little song, a little ditty a little called ditty. Vogue. Yes. By Madonna. Yes. So, of course, this song, this was a, the height of Madonna's popularity and fame, of course, a very big album, yes. a t- huge tour that will come later. But this song really put Vogue literally on the map. You had children in Kansas, like I'm Vogue, you know. Yeah, at
1: this point, yes, yes, she broke open those floodgates. It really, really went mainstream. We were really, really lucky to be a part of that whole situation. And you're correct. Now people in Kansas, (laughs) Tennessee, Mississippi were...
0: China, Japan. Yes. We're
1: now knowing what Vogue and Voguing was.
0: And so you mentioned people like, oh, this was ours. So what was the feeling like? Great. Now we're getting this recognition for this art form. I mean, was there a little bit of like, hmm, this was ours.
1: Like everything that goes mainstream like that. Yeah, there was a feeling of... Did she just <laughs> steal that That's from right. these folks? The smart thing that she did was involve us in a lot of the process, a yes. lot of of course, choreographing for her and just putting a face and a body and a vibration to it. Right. And including us in that, you know, creative process that for us, of course. Made it, you know, made it okay because we were involved. Yes. And we were, I mean, let me be clear. We were not, we did not help her write the song. Mm-hmm. We did not help her produce the song in any other way, in any way. That was her and Shep Pettibone and those guys. They did it all themselves. But the idea came from Madonna going to the clubs and watching guys like us Vogue in the clubs.
0: Had she recorded the song when she approached you guys? She had already recorded Right, she was ready to do the tour.
1: Yes. Or the video.
0: Did the video come before the tour? The video came before the tour. Yes.
1: It's funny because we saw the premiere of that video when we were rehearsing for the tour. And we were actually at the Disney sound stages in Burbank and they pulled out a television And we had, you know, stopped rehearsal and we all went around the TV and we saw the video for the first time.
0: It cannot be understated how huge that video was. Yeah. I mean, it was major. It was at that time when, you know, you could just street and go to YouTube like videos were events. You were like, oh, my God. You go, y'all, did y'all see Madonna's new video? And to see this art form. I mean, it was so beautifully shot. Who? Who directed
1: Vogue? David Fincher. It
0: was David Fincher.
1: Yes. Yes. Young David Fincher, I'm telling you. And of course, he's, of course, a mega director now. He directed, you know, Seven and all that yeah. good stuff. All the great stuff. You know, a lot of great movies. But...
0: And that's the thing about It's very cinematic.
1: It's so cinematic. Yeah. And I really give Madonna credit to having... For having that eye. Yes. That cinematic eye that artful eye because she really and her brother Christopher shout out to Christopher Giaconia I love you her and Christopher really had this taste level that was far beyond what anybody else was doing at Absolutely. the time yeah tours back then were very standard they opened the show they went on stage they sang background like really little, dancers yeah a little diddy 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 they really honestly those two really took it to the next level with their taste in art yes and really having a vision of what they wanted people to see on that stage
0: and you know what i gotta say also the there was something very magical about you guys the combination carlton kevin stay jose there was just something really magical about all of you guys together it How often do you know people's background singers? Do you know what I mean? Or dancers. You're just like, oh you you guys were really
1: the stars really aligned perfectly for that situation, that tour, that song. And you know, we're really proud of that.
0: Yeah, as you should be. And then of course the the MTV performance. Yes, which is one of my favorites of all time. <laughs> I will occasionally just go on YouTube just to watch it because it was such a moment. Like no, she did not like yes.
1: And it, uh, and that all for me just stemmed from that root of Vogue. Yeah? yeah, where that history where I knew where Vogue came from and what we injected into that that category, if you if you will, and, and then taking it worldwide and showing people, one, who we were, and two, what we were about. And I loved that she let us express that. Yes. Genuinely. I mean, Vogue really has renaissance from what it was to where it, you know, is now.
0: And so now voguing, um, we have a few different styles. of Do you have a preference?
1: My preference is my kind of voguing, which is...
0: Do they call that old way?
1: Now they call it old yes. way. Yes. Now they call it old way. Back then when we were doing it, it was the new way. Yeah. So it was new way versus old way back then, and we were the new way. Now when they say new way versus old way,
0: <laughs> we're the old way. Which, At, which, as opposed to the new it, which is more just like fat, is it more? Today, what's the difference? Is it more fluid, like old way, a little bit more? Today is dance?
1: more aggressive. Yeah. It really is. And without, and I don't mean that in a bad way or any kind of way, it just feels and looks more aggressive yeah. to me.
0: Almost like militaristic, just the way that.
1: You know, Femme Vogue mm-hmm. became really popular. Right. So, when we were voguing, it was Butch Queens who vogued and it was Femme Queens who vogued. Yeah. Back then, Femme Queens who vogued, they vogued very soft. And so I think that took over, not, I mean, it took over Butch Queen voguing, which is what we did. Right. And now Femme Vogue has turned in, has really meshed with Butch Queen voguing and now the Butch Queens are voguing Femme. But in a way that's really dramatic.
0: Right. With like the death drops and all that. Yes. And really,
1: for lack of a better word, aggressive. But it's very dramatic and it's very courageous, fast. Right. Uh, They do a lot of duck walking now. Mm -hmm. And they do a lot of death drops and shablam. I like to call them shablams because it feels like shablam. They just (laughs) fell on the floor. Shablam. Right. (laughs)
0: These children better have a good chiropractor. I, see. I know. It's I like, tried to. I almost
1: broke my neck. Yeah,
0: it's a lot. Kudos to
1: you guys <laughs> who do death drops and shablams all over the place. Keep doing it. Please be careful. Watch them backs and Watch knees hips and hips. Yes. But do it, boo, because I'm living for it.
0: <laughs> all right, everybody. Thank you for listening to Work Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and you can follow us on Instagram at workpodcast. That's W-E-R-Q-U-E-P-O-D-C-A-S-T.
1: You can also follow me at workdanceclass.com where I teach a monthly class to people who want to learn how to vogue. It's a two-hour workshop. And please come and enjoy yourself and express yourself and sweat. So that's class. Com. and don't forget to follow us on ig work podcast so this is lewis extravaganza
0: and kim blackwell
1: and this was work. work the podcast bye we'll see you later guys thank you